and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heidland, and every week I'm joined by two of my very dearest friends, Heather Kim and Michelle Benzinger. This podcast is born out of our friendship and all that the Lord is doing in our lives. You hear us laugh, you hear us cry, you hear us share very vulnerably, and you hear us talk about the things that we're still learning along the way, and you're most welcome to join us. You can find out all of our information on our podcast episodes on abidingtogetherpodcast.com. But for now, grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we have a really wonderful another episode for you on some really amazing women in the Old Testament. Today, we're going to talk about Deborah from the book of Judges. And once again, we have been having a deep discussion about so many things (laughs) before this podcast starts. Uh, So Heather, how is it going up in the great Northwest or Southwest, however you guys? (laughs) The great white North. How about we call it that? The great white North. It's not white here. Like a lot of people think it's like just snow everywhere and we ride around on dog sleds or something. I'm not sure, but it just rains here. It's like Seattle because we're just two and a half hours north of Seattle. That's where I am. So it is raining, 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 like six weeks straight of rain and darkness. So we are trying to keep it alive and happy around here. So (laughs) yeah, we're doing good though. How are you? We are, I'm doing well. I was at, uh, with Bob, Dr. Bob Schutz doing a, a, leading a healing retreat for priests and then an online retreat for seminarians, which was just a wonderful, wonderful gift. And I think, you know, the three of us, when we were talking about earlier, we were talking about a lot of things. And then I think Michelle summed it up as like, well, that's great. The world is a dumpster fire, but, (laughs) but here we are, you know, and I do have to say at the, at the risk of kind of just continuing to talk about something, I want to say that Father Mike Schmitz's podcast every morning has been such a life giver for me. Just, uh, so good. just to sink into scripture right first thing in the morning has just been such a gift. Mm-hmm. So the world is what it is and this too shall pass, but but here we are. So I think Father Mike Schmitz deserves like a sticker, some kind of gold star for how he pronounces all the biblical words. I was like, <laughs> dang, he is good. Like... <laughs> is awesome. I'm enjoying that too. It's so good. And I'm so proud of him and the work of Ascension that it was number one in the country. And yeah, I was like above Joe Rogan and all these other popular people. Yeah, above Ben Shapiro. And that that Great Adventure Bible series, is they ordered so many of them. It's back ordered till May now. I mean, that's how they said in the 20 years they've been in publishing, they've never had any demand like what's happening right now for the Great Adventure Bible. Oh, so good. Yep, getting scripture into our minds and our hearts. Michelle, do you have a great adventure? Do you have a do you have a great adventure Bible? Michelle Benzinger, I do have a great adventure Bible. I love it, and I'm we it's, we're excited for Father Mike, and we're just praying for the people at Ascension, Marissa, and all of them. We're praying for you. We know you're like have your hands full right now, so we are just praying for all of you. And yeah, it's been amazing. One of my sons and my husband are doing it together every day. Yeah, it's just such a great initiative. But I was actually thinking this morning about the world being a dumpster fire, and I was thinking about that video. Heather, that you had sent me about, but it's, is it a dumpster fire or a garden? I was like, Lord, man, you have a lot of compost right now to work with. And so like, <laughs> you just got a lot. So make this a beautiful yeah. garden. Yeah. Him and the earthworms, you know, regenerate the soil, baby. So mm. we got a lot of, yeah, just compost to deal with and just trying to discern and pray it all. So I feel like Deborah is a great 
scripture for us to dive into today. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. And we will hear in time, Father Mike, talk about Deborah. And I wonder what he'll say about her. But today we want to mm-hmm. just talk about the beauty of who she is and really, once again, the heart of a woman and what the Lord does through the heart of a woman and how she, in her own way, right, in a way that's different than a man, uh, how she comes to really deliver a nation and to judge a nation. And so from so if you want to go with us to uh, Judges chapter 4 and 5, and the quote that we're going to use, the scripture verse from that time, and then we're going to use a quote from um, Pope Paul VI. But the quote is from Judges 5, verses seven, verse 7, where it says, uh, Villagers in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose, a mother in Israel. And so you'll notice, and Michelle's going to fill out this this particular story for us because this is very dear to her heart. But one thing we want to just point out to you as we journey first at the very beginning is that she refers to herself not as something, somebody lording over something or something, you know, something greater than she refers to herself as a mother, which is this most mature identity of, of a woman. Pope Paul the Saint Paul the Sixth says, women of the entire universe whether Christian or non-believing, you to whom life is entrusted at this grave moment in history, it is for you to save the peace of the world, which is a staggeringly weighted statement. And I believe that was the end of Vatican II uh, as, the, as the council was closing and his exhortation to women in the world that really for a time such as this. So Michelle, do you want to fill out the story for our listeners in case our listeners aren't familiar with who Deborah is and the beautiful woman that she is? Yeah. So the book of Judges comes right after the book of Joshua. And so the Israelites have been, they're in the promised land and the Lord tells Joshua to make sure they get all the Canaanites out of the land. And Joshua did a good job, but he didn't do it all of the way. And so there were still Canaanites in the land. And so this is the next chapter of Israel's story where the the Lord appoints judges. They don't have a king yet, but they have these judges. And the judges are not like what we would call like a judge here, like where they sit on a court. They're almost what they would call like tribal leaders. And so that they were the ones that would help discern and lead in wisdom. And so we come in and judges four and five, and this judge is Deborah. And I love what it even says about Deborah that says that she sat under a tree in between the two towns, and, you know, and people would come to her for advice. And so the story of Deborah, it leads us one, she's a prophet, two, she's a judge, three, they call her mother of Israel, but also she is a warrior. And there's just powerful things in her whole story that we will go through. You know, she helps deliver the people of Israel from the Canaanites through her prophetic intercession but through her discernment, her wisdom. But I love it. Deborah is, and one of the reasons we chose her is she's a woman of influence, but not of manipulation. But she's a woman that listens to the Lord and follows his wisdom, and she seeks his glory. It's not for her own glory or for her own reputation. And I think there's something, there's a lot of key points that we'll talk about, but one is her prophetic insight her as a judge, her as a mother, but also the relationship between her and Barak as collaborating men and women together to bring forth God's purpose and glory in the world. So it's a lot in a little two chapters, Judges 4 and 5. I really just encourage our listeners to sit with it and in it, you know, and to really get to know her story. Because I think there's something powerful when we talked about Hannah last week and Deborah, and then later on the season, we will probably pick up another one. But all of our stories are interwoven. Mm -hmm. We can learn from each other's stories. And because these are stories of salvation history, this is a part of our love story. This is a part of our history too, because we are also God's chosen people. So that last Deborah will arise. So here we go. Miss Heather, what are your thoughts, dear, as we journey into this? 
Yeah, I just love that we're getting into some of these stories because it's easy to just sort of like glance through scripture and go, I don't get this. I don't know what they're talking about. And these are weird words and weird names. And this doesn't really make sense to me. But these were real people. And when we take time to look into the context and a little bit about this person's life and what they actually did, what their story is, they do come alive to us, but they become someone that we can learn from. And and this is how scripture can speak to us and shape us and inspire us as well, is by getting to know these characters who are real people, who are trying to follow the Lord and listen to the Lord. And everything that God has in scripture is meant, you know, to speak to us. This is his word, not just the New Testament, not just the gospels, not just the things he said, but throughout all of scripture, there are messages that he has for us. So I'm glad we're diving into this today. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I something we're going to see that we saw in Hannah that we see in Miriam, uh, the sister of Moses, and we're going to see also Deborah has a, her own Magnificat, which you see is a as a, a foreshadowing really of Mary's Magnificat, where she her soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. And we were thinking also, and we'll unpack this as we go on, but. We were thinking also of, Heather, you made a really beautiful point of, maybe you could just talk about that now, like what is our own personal Magnificat? Yeah, Because really women are called to sing praise. Like that's a special gift in the heart of a woman to receive another and to give thanks and praise for the other. It comes out of, I was just listening to a, a talk on brain science that was between men and women and the, the the speaker in the podcast was talking about how women are just more attentive. Like that's just how they are. <laughs> and so it's much more easy for a woman to be attuned and attentive. That's her particular gift in a way that she draws a man's heart to love. Out, out of out of himself and out of the business of life to, draws the heart to love. But he said in a very special way, a woman is the one who can see the other person and to give uh, a blessing too. And so I think for Deborah, you see her, her really her glorification of God and her understanding her role. She's not minimizing her role. And she's not like Michelle said, she's not manipulating or grasping, but she is, she is who she is. And in that presence of her as a woman, there's a beautiful praise that comes forth from that. So can you talk about that, Heather? Yeah, it just struck me as we were talking before that, you know, we're looking at these several women in the Bible and all of them have this Magnificat of sorts. It's this song of praise that comes forth. And it just made me wonder, like, for each of us, what would our own personal Magnificat be? What Mm. would our song of praise be to the Lord? And that doesn't just come out of like oh, let me just flippantly say things, but all of their Magnificats are coming from things that have occurred in their life, ways that they've seen God move, ways that they've seen God bring about breakthrough, ways that they've seen God heal, restore, make a way where there was no way. And I just thought, what wouldn't that be a cool reflection to go through and go, where are all the places that in my own personal life, in my own story that I've seen God move and to, to create this song of praise that's personal, from my own story to God, to praise him for all the ways that he has done those things in my life. Because I think that is, it's very, very important for us to notice where God is moving throughout our own stories. And I think that that's a gift that we can ask God for is the eyes to see, God, where have you been throughout my life, throughout my story? How have you moved? How have you made a way um, for me? And to let gratitude and praise rise up. Because I think it's very easy for us to focus on what isn't there, what's hard, the sufferings that we all go through. And we miss these opportunities to see where God is active and moving and for that to turn into gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's so powerful. Like when we start at the story of Deborah, it begins and it says something that it says a lot in the book of Judges. It says a key phrase. It says it several times in the book of Judges. It says, it says over and over again, everyone did what was right in their own eyes. 
you know, everyone do what was right in their own eyes, you know, and how applicable is that to our situation today? Everyone feels like they're entitled to their own opinion. But the difference mm-hmm. between Deborah is that she did what was right in the Lord's eyes, that mm-hmm. she attuned herself, like you were saying, sister, she attuned herself to the voice of the Lord. She heard his voice. And a lot of times in scripture even says like wisdom is a woman, you know, I'm not saying men are not wise. That is not what I'm saying. But that wisdom is a woman and that she was really attuned to wisdom. Like she was speaking about the Lord's discernment. In the book of Judges, it talks more about like she wasn't judging people like you're right, you're wrong. It was like discerning, discerning what is good and what is evil. And so she starts on this journey of um, discerning and being attuned to the Lord's voice. And that is when she goes to Barak and says that they will take the Canaanites that he needs to fight and that they collaborate together, Brock and Deborah collaborate together. And I think that's such a beautiful thing, one, that she's attuned to the Lord's voice. But I loved the relationship between Brock and Deborah. That one, like Heather, I think we were talking about it earlier, and you can say it like how she kind of calls not calls him not calls him out, calls him on. There's a difference. She calls him into who he is meant to be. And then two, that it was all for God's glory. She wasn't seeking her own glory. It was all for God's glory that she spoke this prophetic insight. And I love that he responds to her. He's like, I will go, but I'm not going without you. Mm-hmm. Like that he can see her role and her strength and they're leaning on one another is necessary to bring about what God wants. Like, I just thought that was such a beautiful little, it's like one of one liner in there, but I was like, that's incredibly beautiful. You know, mm-hmm. what do you think? Sister? Well, I think yeah, that's definitely what you both are saying. That's it's the mutual gift. It's the reciprocity of just the masculine, and the feminine gift, which we've talked a lot about in our podcast. And I, 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 we were reading about this earlier, but uh, I love this. this is chapter four, verse eight. Oh, I'm just going to back up to, I'm just going to back up to seven. It says, and I, I will draw out Sisera, the general of Jabin's army to meet you by the river of Kishon with his chariots and his troops. And I will give him your hand into your hand. And Barak said to her, verse eight, Barak said to her, if you go with me, I will go. But if you will not go with me, I will not go. And you can see that there's a, we talk about in, in uh, attachment theory, a health or healthy interdependence, so to speak. I mean, that's a very, it just in the story is like a general kind of overview, but each has a gift that the other needs and they're each not, mm-hmm. it's not the same gift, but it's a different gift. And so, you know, as a woman, it would be difficult for her to lead an army in battle, but he's already a battle army leader, but he needs her insight. Like he needs her strategy. He needs what the Lord is giving her. So they need the strength of each other. And then kind of what you were alluding to, Heather, when we were chatting earlier, Verse nine, it says, and Deborah said, I will surely go with you. Nevertheless, the road on which you are going will not lead to your glory. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But she says, for the Lord will sell Sisera, which is the king of the Canaanites, into the hand of a woman. But the cool thing is, is it's not even her. It's another woman. It's Mm -hmm. another woman through a very surprising and unpredicting victory that is hidden where another woman actually delivers Israel from the power of the Canaanites. And so I, I just love that Deborah is not like what, what we've been saying is she's not about herself. So, um, Michelle, you have a quote on our document from St. John Chrysostom that talks about how the bee is somebody that labors for others. And you can see Deborah, mm-hmm. her, the reflection of her heart calling Barack up, not calling him out, but calling him up, helping purify his own motives, understanding that this is about the Lord. This is not about him gaining personal glory as a war hero. And it's also not about her really either. It's about mm-hmm. what, what does the Lord want? So who does the Lord need to strategically arrange in the plan to have his will be taken care of? And amen, and may it be so, really. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it does cause you to go like, what are the places in my own life where I seek out my own glory instead of That's God's so glory? Mm-hmm. You know? And and who do I have close to me? Who am I honest enough with that can be that voice or who can I be that voice to to say, mm-hmm. you know, this is this is not the glory that you were made for. You mm-hmm. know, like your glory is to be found somewhere else and in what God has and in his plan and and in who he has made you to be. I think that's an incredibly just even that I was like, I I want to ponder that myself. I want to mm-hmm. really reflect on some of that. And how does God, you know, for, for each of us, how does he want to use us to be a voice to call one another on? Like to what is your glory? Like I want to, I, I know who you are. I know what God has in store for you. And how can I continue to encourage and release you into the places that, that you are, are meant to fulfill your glory and who God mm-hmm. has created you to be? And I think there's something beautiful, especially in women as life givers, to call people on and call people into their fullness, into their becoming. That is who we truly are as life givers. And I was just reflecting on it because we'll go a little bit deeper in the story in just a minute into jail. And one of the commentaries I was reading is that they likened her to Eowyn from Lord of the Rings when she fights, you know, the evil dark Lord or whatever. And so, because both of them are kind of ugh, like little graphic and violent people, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I was like, the Bible, are you sure? I know <laughs> Jesus is not for the faint of heart, you know, woo. And so you some violent people, but it also, when it was saying that it reminds me of Arwen, when she talks about reforging the sword in Lord of the Rings for Aragon. And she mm-hmm. said, reforge the sword, reforge the sword. You know, she's the one that has the sword reforged again and restructured again for him to come into his fullness as a king, you know, to, mm-hmm. for him to come into his purpose. And so there's something about a woman's insight and prophetic insight that calls mm-hmm. people on, um, whether it's women, especially men too, that calls them on into their fullness. And I love that Deborah had the prophetic insight, but Barack had the military authority and together they did it for God's glory. And I think that's what the Lord is teaching all of us now. I think he, he says in Psalms, it makes him happy when brothers and sisters dwell in unity together. Mm -hmm. He is not going to give one person, one camp, one whatever part, all the glory. He gives different people, different insights and different gifts. So we work together as a body, that we work together as a family. That is what we're meant for. That's our deepest longing is communion, but it's also communion within complementarity, like to bring our gifts to one another at the best. And then we see the full display of God's glory. And I Mm -hmm. think, man, is that an invitation for us right now as a church, as a world, you know, Mm -hmm. is to lay down our own agendas and really st- stop and ask the Lord, what is your glory? What is your insight? What is your heart? And let me be a part of your will and bringing your kingdom come here and now. Where do I need to repent? Where do I need to put down my own idols? Where do I need to start reform? And then help me to pray about that. Help me to listen and then help me to act in that. Mm-hmm. Where are you calling me to be salt and light? And who are you calling me to link arms with, even though it may be uncomfortable to link arms with some people? And Mm -hmm. I know it's hard. We're in a pandemic. I know it's hard. What does this practically look like? But this is not a surprise to the Lord, you know, and the Holy Spirit's still in charge. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. where is he inviting 
us on in this mission right now um, in our lives. Yeah, I love even what you're saying about there's a difference between calling someone out and calling them on, like yes. calling them on to holiness, calling them on to their to their greatness that in that God has ordained for them in their life. And I think it's I was just thinking, you know, it's kind of like we can wield a sword the knowledge of someone who is going off track or being like not on a right path, like that is an incredible gift that I think many women have, many people have, where we can look and see, no, this isn't right. But it's like we're wielding a sword with that information. We can either hurt with that sword if we don't know how to wield yes. it properly, or we can set someone free. Yep. So and true. so to be able to use that to say, I want to speak into your life, not to call you out and shame you and belittle you, manipulate you or pressure you into making other decisions. But I want to call you onto holiness to be who you were made to be. And I want to help set you free. I want to participate with God to set you free. You know, I think there's a huge difference there and that's worth looking mm -hmm. at. Mm. Yes. And I think of, yeah, those places where I just was looking at the beginning of, of chapter four, where it says, and the sons of Israel did what was evil in the sight of the Lord, because that's what happens. You know, as Michelle was saying earlier, that the, the idols weren't purified. That's why they spent so much time in the, in, in the desert is because the idols weren't purified out. And so the Lord continues to purify Egypt out of us. <laughs> and so many times when we still hold on to our idols, the Lord has to come again. And so what happens is, you know, the Lord would give them a judge and they would bring peace to the land. Like you'll notice at Deborah at the very end of the, her story, it says that the Lord let the land rest for 40 years. And so you just mm -hmm. see, you, you just see, you know, this, these parts of their hearts where, and then, then they turn back to idols. And so that's the, the purification of, of the heart and how Deborah in that. So I'm looking at the sons of Israel cried to the Lord for help. And he sent them somebody, a prophetess and notice, and she was sitting under the palm tree, allowing people to come to her, just even the female receptivity of that. I just mm -hmm. noticed that the scripture doesn't say she proclaimed herself a prophetess or she wanted to be the prophetess of the people. The Lord gave her a prophet as a mouthpiece of God. The Lord gave her a gift and she received that gift. And then she sat at the tree. She wasn't going into people's personal business and saying, Hey, I'm going to profit here. Let me tell you what, you know, she, she was open and she was willing to speak the truth of what was, but I think of even the, even the body language of her sitting under the palm tree, just sitting under a palm tree and letting people come to her. And I, I think so much of, I read a quote from a, just a wonderful therapist who said she realized that after all of her years of counseling others was usually what pe people didn't want her to rationalize away their fears or give advice as much as they wanted her to sit next to them in their fears and speak the truth. And I think that's something a woman does when we are in our posture of receptivity. It's not passive receptivity. It's it's, it's the meeting people where they are and speaking the truth to them. And there's a way a woman does that even in her own body and her own heart and her soul and her mind. That's a particular gift that, as you both are saying, the world really needs today. Mm. Mm. Oh, I totally agree. And I think there's something like to compare that to, not compare, and it's a compliment to Deborah. Like she was sitting under the tree and allowing people to come to her, but she was in the position the Lord put her in and she was obedient to what the Lord was saying. You know, mm -hmm. she was obedient to her posture and everything. And then we skip to chapter five after they have been delivered, you know, and she's going back and talking and singing her Magnificat. And it says, and you know, our scripture, chapter five, village 
7, villages in Israel would not fight. They held back until I, Deborah, arose, until I arose a mother in Israel. But she didn't rise in her own power. She mm-hmm. rose in the Lord's power. She rose in mm-hmm. obedience. She rose where she had been receptive. And then the Lord did, as like Mary did, did great things through her. You know, it was a response to the Holy Spirit. And that is how she arose. And I think it's allowing the Holy Spirit full permission and access to our hearts, full permission and access to our actions. And in that power, in the Holy Spirit power, then we can arise. I was thinking it the um, the date that we're recording is right now, we just celebrated the baptism of Jesus. And I was just thinking about the gospel when it says, you know, I baptize you with water, but there'll be one that baptizes you in fire and power. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking there and sitting there, I'm like, Lord, have I been fully baptized in fire and power and your resurrection power? Because the description of power in that passage is dynamis, which means like dynamite. And I was like, do I arise? And I mean, and I've been really thinking about it. We said it last time and just where the Lord has me in my journey is, Lord, reveal the areas that I am not awake, that I am not living awake and alive, that I am not fully alive and fully um, access to your power. Convict me of those, but not only convict me, allow me to surrender those places to the Holy Spirit. And like Sister was saying, this is a cycle that Israelites went in over and over. Mm -hmm. Idols, captivity, idols, captivity. Okay, so where are my idols and where's Mm -hmm. my captivity? Amen. Two questions we got to be asking. You know, I mean, and really asking. And then where are my idols and where's my captivity? And where do I need to repent and go to confession? Mm-hmm. I have to, mm-hmm. we also have to trust the character of the Lord. His kindness leads us to repentance because mm-hmm. his kindness leads us to repentance because he wants us to be free. He doesn't want us to be captive for this long. I mean, mm-hmm. as we were going through this scripture, I looked at Sister and Heather. I'm like, poor God. He only has us to work with. Like, that's all he has. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, I would choose something else. And so, like, poor thing. You know, this is it. Mm-hmm. And gosh, how gracious it is see, that he wants to partner with us to bring about his plan. I would have probably chosen another way, but you know, mm-hmm. he's God. So mm-hmm. whatever. And to trust that, you know, God is working all things for good for those who love him. So that if we are experiencing difficulty, hardship, suffering of any kind in our life, that when we turn that to him, when we offer it to him, when we trust him, like to, that we can trust that he is going to bring about good things through that. It may not be the healing that we think we should have, like for those wandering in the desert for 40 years, like they just wanted to be out of the desert. God had many more things that he wanted to heal them from. And I think it's true within our own hearts as well. There's many, many things that God wants to heal and set us free from. And sometimes it's, you know, through those areas of suffering, not that he causes us to suffer, but he can use times like that because we become more dependent on him. We open our hearts more to him. So yeah, we just need to trust him. That's true. That is so good what you both are saying. really, you see Deborah arising in relationship. A mother Mm -hmm. is in relationship. She's arising in belonging. She's Mm -hmm. arising in relationship. And so when we talk about those places where the Lord is purifying our idols, where are the places where I I don't believe that about myself or I'm out of relationship or I feel like I feel competitive or I feel, I heard somebody say recently in a homily that when we sin, it's because we've forgotten we belong. 
you know, mm -hmm. we forget we belong. So I sin. So just looking at the presenting symptoms in my own life of like, when I feel jealous of other women, when I don't want to compliment other women, when I'm feeling left out, or I feel like everybody has something more than me. Those are, these are the, the emotions are our hearts telling us something about what we believe about ourselves. And I really had to go to back to some places in my own life that the Lord brought to my own heart recently of areas where that these there's just, there are parts of my hearts that there's a part of my heart that I saw that I, I hadn't spent a lot of time with that just held this, this hopeless place that was shocking to me. And the, the hopeless place was saying, and it happened when I was a little girl, I remember exactly what happened. And this lie settled into my soul that said, everybody else will get the things they want, but you will never have what you desire. Mm -hmm. And so every time somebody would do the, certain, say certain things to me, it was like this trigger that I just, and I would feel so overwhelmed and I would go to confession and I just, I'm like, Lord, what, what, what is happening here? And the Lord very, it was very painful, but the Lord very graciously opened my soul in this very gentle way to say, you know, when this is happening, here's what's being triggered, you know, aside from a concupiscence that we all have. But for me, it was, a, it was a story. It was a story that had these presenting symptoms of feeling threatened or feeling left out. And that was my little girl heart. And she's been trying to talk to me for a long time. And, uh, yeah, just to spend some time with her there. So as we talk about these things, dear friends, you know, all of us have stories and all of us have ways where we've tried to manage pain, where we've tried to try to make ourselves belong. Or try. So I just want to just offer you these places in your heart and just such kindness and just, just to notice what the Lord is doing because he loves us so much. He wants us in the promise line with him in his heart. And he's always about belonging and relationship. So just to kind of offer that to our, to us as we journey this week, as Deborah opens our heart and as we see the places where we're still in captivity, we all have idols like welcome to the human race. And so just allowing that we would repent and surrender just to, to surrender to these places. So the Lord could come and meet us there. Mm. And I think there's something there. I mean, the Holy spirit and his wisdom, like there's a common theme that we've been really honing in on the podcast, like the Advent series was all about Mary's motherhood, but motherhood as motherhood. And this with Deborah, it's like a rise mother. But I think for me, I was just sharing with the uh, sister and Heather right before we started recording, just what the Lord has been doing in my life within healing and wholeness. And one of the parts that he's really been healing is my own motherhood, but really the ways that I mother myself too, the ways that I nurture and take care of myself and the ways that therefore that allows me to mother other people. And one of the things I was just really praying about this week, the Lord's like, I want your fullness in this area of motherhood. I want everything that I have for you to come into fullness in this area, like for you to be fully, like we were saying, fully alive in this area. And we throw away that little catchphrase, yeah, you know, fully alive. But what does it mean to mother yourself well? Yeah. What does it mean to love yourself well? A lot of it is looking at the places of yourself that you don't like. And coming to terms with those and asking the Lord to show you what they look like and hit through his eyes and how he wants to redeem that. And like I was sharing with Chris, my husband and sister, like embracing your humanity is a hard thing. Like really embracing your humanity, you know, coming to grips with your own humanity. It's just not pretty. You know, there's just areas that you just don't like about yourself. And when you see that, the first thing you want to do is shame yourself. But really, the Lord is, that's not an invitation to shame. It's an invitation to go deeper in restoration and redemption. And like Sister was saying, like, we won't achieve the greatest fullness until on, until we're in heaven. Mm -hmm. But right now, the Lord is continuing redeeming and restoring. So where is He calling us to arise in our own motherhoods of ourselves and therefore other people after that? Mm -hmm. 
And also with motherhood, there's an authority that comes with that. Amen. And sometimes we need yeah. to use that authority to take a stand in our own life to say, yep. this is not how it's going to be anymore. Yep. You know, like this is going to change now. And, um, and and I think there's, you know, we have all these parts within ourselves and, and there's gifts that we can bring to those parts to just say this mature uh, part of me is going to be driving the bus now, you know, mm -hmm. like we're, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to make some changes here and we cooperate with God to go about that. So what a mm -hmm. gift, what a gift. Oh, good. That's a good word, ladies. That is a good word. There's much to, even as we talk about this, is there just, is there much to continually unpack? And so let Deborah be a gift to us this week as we journey on and in what she's teaching us and, and what the Holy Spirit just gently wants to gently wants to touch upon so that our own Magnificat is sung more and more in its own particular way that each of us give glory to God in a way nobody else can. So when, when our song is not sung, that song is missing. So what, what is the song? What is the song that the Lord has birthed in you that only you can sing because the world needs that very thing. So I can start if y'all like for my one thing, I want to, I want to send a shout out to and Thanksgiving to Father Gregory Cleveland, who sent me a personal copy of his book, Beholding Beauty. And we talked about his book some time ago called Awakening Love. And this book, uh, that was on the Song of Songs. And the book, Beholding Beauty, is on Mary and the Song of Songs. And so I just want to say thank you, first of all, Father, for your sending me a copy of your book. I can't wait to dive into it. But I want to offer that to our listeners, especially as we talk about beauty. So the book, Beholding Beauty, uh, Mary and the Song of Songs by Father Cleveland. That is my one thing for the week. Mm, I agree with that book. This Pauline sister sent me a copy and I'm just mm -hmm. loving it. It's beautiful. My one thing is actually our friends at Blessed Is She did an amazing kids resource for Lent this year called Set a Fire. And it's cool. on the Holy Spirit. And I just love it. I love the way it's, first of all, I love the way it's designed. That's beautiful. But I love how they're just inviting kids into the power of the Holy Spirit and to set a fire in their hearts. And I just like watching my kids come alive in prayer. And this is just such a great resource. It has um, spiritual things, but it has fun things like a crossword search and a word search and different things like that. So I will link it here in our show notes. But yeah, I love it. Mm. So it set a fire from our friends at Blessed is She. Heather, what about you? So this is the last week that my oldest daughter will be with us before she goes off to college oh. for the first time at Franciscan University. So Friday she leaves. And so I'm just feeling, yeah, incredibly grateful for her and the gift that she is to our family. You know, it's often we sit around lately that we're like, oh, when Maria's not here, it's just going to be so different because she just brings such a fun, spicy <laughs> atmosphere to our family, which we all love. And so, yeah, so I'm excited for her. I also know I'm going to be bawling my eyes out a lot, but also I, I would say like there's a comfort in knowing where she's going and I just felt like the gift of spiritual fatherhood knowing that Father Dave Pavanka will be there and other fathers to be there for her like in the places that her parents no longer can walk with her that we yeah have the comfort of knowing that there's good spiritual fathers there and so I yeah I'm super grateful for people like Father Dave and just the environment of that university so yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Father Dave, we love you, but if you don't protect our children at school, we'll come and find you. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. No pressure. But. 
Well, I, I wonder, Heather, I don't know how you feel about this, but you were texting Michelle and I some pictures you mm-hmm. found of your kids and Michelle's kids when they were little. And I don't know how you feel about our, our listeners seeing that posting somewhere, but I thought it was so great. I just absolutely, they're so cute. And it's just like, oh, they're all sitting on a bench and they must have been at Co-Crest or something. It was just super cute. That was when Michelle's family was in half. She hadn't even had the other half of her yeah, family exactly, yet. exactly. Yeah. yeah, sure. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening, dear friends, and we will pray for you this week. We just, as we journey together, we just ask the Lord to open our hearts and to help us sing sing the song the only we can. So, until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? We encourage you to head over to our website, abidingtogetherpodcast.com where you can find all the show notes, links to our one thing, transcripts, group discussion questions for each episode, and beautiful mugs, t-shirts, journals, and prints in our shop. There you can also subscribe to receive our weekly email with links to each new episode and all of its content. We'd love to connect on social media and invite you to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you can catch inspiring reflections every day. You're also welcome to join our private Facebook group and dive deeper into discussions with our fellow listeners. If the podcast has blessed you, would you prayerfully consider financially supporting us? The Abiding Together podcast is only available due to the generous support of our listeners. There are significant costs associated with creating this content, such as tech support, design, website, equipment, and hired staff that we need to be able to continue offering great content to you. Abiding Together is a nonprofit 501c3, and all donations are tax deductible. You can make donations of any amount through a website called Patreon, or you can send us a check directly if that's easier. If you donate $15 or more per month on our Patreon page, you become a tribe member, and you will receive monthly individual videos from Michelle, Heather, and I, as well as other exclusive content, recipes, playlists, downloadable prints, and more. You can find all the information about Patreon at patreon.com forward slash abiding together. Thank you and God bless you.